You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. The first step that we have in coming, we have to take in coming to faith in Christ is the acknowledgement of our failures, of our uh, our rejection of God, because everybody in that sense, is bad soil. So there's hope for everybody if they will humble themselves. And the Bible says God shows favor to the humble, but he resists the proud. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today joined by two historians that we've already been getting a I've already been getting a history lesson on infomercials and Boatflex and everything in between. First, we're joined by Bob Moss. Bob, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> we're joined by Sean Stover, Dr. Sean Stover. That's right, Sean Stover. I am 52 years old, and evidently there is a line between people who have seen the Thighmaster info commercials and those who haven't. And uh, Taylor, to. <laughs> Taylor has not does not know what a Thighmaster is, though Bob and I do. And, and how that ties into our series through Mark. You'll find out later, I guess. <laughs> but but uh, Sean, thanks for being here. You had a great message on Sunday Amen. and talking about one of Jesus' parables that he taught on. And so I like to ask, usually it's Jose, but in this case, uh, you were given the message this week. Kind of what were your thoughts as you prepared for the message? And even with this series, you get to kind of pick, each speaker gets to kind of pick a passage. So what kind of brought you and led you to this one and, and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Well, Mark 3 and 4, ton going on in two chapters. In any any book of the Bible, you pick two chapters, going to be so much happening there. So narrowing it down is important. I, I thought that chapter 3 was kind of a continuation of what Jose had talked about the week before, miracles. And it was exciting to see the calling of the 12 disciples, which is a big part of Mark chapter 3 and the realization that Jesus said, I, I, I got to have some help here and I want to impart my wisdom and, and my teaching into others really specifically so they can carry on my message after my work. So that was a great part. But but four really transitioned and got into the part where Mark starts talking about Jesus' parables. And I love stories. I love storytelling. I got to, to say that in the service on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, so it was fun just to kind of do two parts almost in one sermon. The first part being, you know, the value of story and parable and, and teaching in that mode. And then the second part, honing in on, yeah, that specific parable of the sower, which I think is still really applicable to us today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bob, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you've definitely heard these parables before. You probably memorized uh, half the book, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But what were your thoughts as you kind of listened, not only to the message on Sunday, but even just uh, having reread this, this parable? Well, I always enjoyed listening to Sean, but there was uh, the beginning part of the message when he was explaining the importance of taking something spiritual and using a natural uh, example, and especially they were an agrarian kind of people, so he told a lot of stories about planting and sowing and harvesting and things like that. And uh, I thought that I enjoyed that part as much as I did the parable. But I thought everything was beautifully tied together. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive in a little bit and talk about this parable through Mark 4 and just talking about both the soil and the seed. And so I love kind of 
Sean, you laid out some characteristics of bad soil and then characteristics of good soil. So I'd love to kind of unpack both of those, uh, starting with the bad soil. So I'll just read these three, and then I've kind of got questions as we not only kind of dive deeper, but my hope is even just kind of pull some application out of these uh, concepts here. And so um, the first uh, of the three is the hardened hearts. This is characteristics of bad soil. Is hardened hearts controlled by fear in the enemy. Number two is shallow hearts that do not apply truth and walk it out faithfully. And number three is distracted hearts drawn to the clutters of this world. And Sean, I don't know if you intentionally did this or not, but I noticed there was a connection between the points of the bad to the good soil. So I'll go ahead and jump into those. We've got the number one is welcome the word immediately with humility and curiosity. Number two is welcome the word deeply with a desire and pursuit of understanding. And then number three is welcome the word exclusively with faithfulness and single-minded devotion. So I figured we'd kind of take each pair one by one if that works. That sounds uh, great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So this first one here is hardened hearts controlled by fear in the enemy. And then kind of the, the opposite, if you will, um, here is welcome the word immediately with humility and curiosity. I know for me personally, a lot of times, whether it is fear or whether it is the enemy or just even my own arrogance and thinking that I don't, I don't need help uh, often can kind of cause me to be hardened instead of welcoming like you have here, welcoming the word immediately with humility and curiosity. So love to open this up to both of y'all as you have walked with the Lord for a long time as far as just how do you, especially someone, I feel like I've only been doing this for a few years, but I get to the point where I'm like, I've heard that story before. Or I've read this passage before. So how do you keep coming back with kind of a humility and a curiosity after years and years of, of reading? Yeah, I think that it's neat the way that Jesus told the parable and then explained the parable and that there are three in, in his in his parable, there were three bad soils. And the first one was that kind of, I mean, we'd, it'd be pavement to us, but it's right. just, you know, the really hard surface where the, the seed doesn't penetrate at all. And uh, that's that's the heart that's hardened. That's the heart that, like you said, has got it all figured out already or has already rejected everything that Jesus would have to say or that somebody like, you know, us who are trying to be his ambassadors would have to say. And we run into that. We run into people who just really don't want to have anything to do with our message or the, the message of Jesus or his love for whatever reason. And uh, I mean, yeah, that could happen in our lives as well. You know, we can get to that point where we've got it all figured out or, I mean, there've been times in my life where I just, I, I didn't want Jesus, you know, even I, I knew him as my savior, but I didn't want him to be my Lord. I didn't want him to be my comforter. Maybe it was because at the moment I didn't feel worthy of that. I felt like I had made so many mistakes that I was like, I don't, I don't want him around. I'll feel condemned if he's here, which is not what he does. But right. that's what my the condition of my heart was in that moment. Um, or other times, yeah, when I felt like I had it all together and things were going good, and I'm like, I, I don't have time for that. So it's there's a lot of ways to get off track, um, and it's a pretty narrow road to stay on. Yeah. In this case, with this soil we're talking about, with that curiosity and humility, I love that you pull those two words back out because I really do think that's a heart posture yeah. um, that reverses that hard hard soil. Amen. I think it's interesting <clears throat> that when Jesus was explaining that parable in Matthew, uh, and he's describing the seed that fell along the path, he said the seed that seed is the one who hears the word but doesn't understand it and then at the end of the parable the one that's the seed that fell on good soil he says that's the person who hears the word and understands it so 
having understanding is the key. And what Sean just described, the first step that we have in coming, we have to take in coming to faith in Christ is the acknowledgement of our failures, of our uh, our rejection of God, because everybody in that sense is bad soil. So there's hope for everybody if they will humble themselves. And the Bible says God shows favor to the humble, but he resists the proud. Yeah. So I think that's an excellent point that has to be made. The beginning of understanding and wisdom is the respect and reverence for God. Absolutely. And I I think, Bob, to your point, that that hum, the, the prideful, uh, unfortunately, it takes brokenness a lot of times. Something happening in our life that creates brokenness, some kind of level of hurt or disappointment or discouragement that breaks us of that pride for the soil to then be opened up and be good enough to, to receive the word with humility and curiosity. Yeah. Well, let's talk about curiosity, too, because I think... I don't know, if, I mean, especially with the internet nowadays, we can be curious and discover all kinds of either new hobbies or new studies. I mean, so much is at our disposal. And yet I feel like, again, just the, the, the idea, the concepts of the Bible, just digging in is just not necessarily at the forefront of so many of our lives and our walks. So, so how do both of y'all remain curious just about, again, a topic or a subject that you've heard so many times and that you've even shared and taught so many times yourself? How do you kind of maintain that curiosity in, in the word and following Jesus? Well, I think uh, there has to be a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. So that's the way that Matthew described it. Um, in the parable, or not in the parables, but in the Beatitudes. And that that hunger creates curiosity. Uh, the way Paul put it, he said, my determined purpose is that I may know him. Well, if we want to know the Lord, we have to have a, a measure of curiosity to know him more than we did before. Yeah. And so it's a progressive thing. The revelation of God comes progressively, a little bit here, a little bit there. and uh, But it, it, if we don't have that curiosity, we tend to give up and uh, yeah. just stop pursuing. Yeah, I've been, I've been curious by nature. I'm thankful for that uh, my whole life. But I didn't like God or love God at all. After my mom passed away, I had no desire for him, his truth, whatever he considered truth, and the way that he ran the world in my little teenage mind was not anything I wanted a part of. And uh, so I took that curiosity and I, I aimed it at everything I could. I aimed it at college and graduate studies and psychology and um, philosophy and whatever the world had to offer. And I, I think that a lot of us do that. And now we have even, like you said, more access. Now yeah, you got the yeah. internet and you can Google it and you, you yeah. can game your curiosity at whatever the, you know, the, the Google decides to throw at you first on the list of whatever is important um, to them to share with you. So uh, curiosity is a good thing, but where you aim it is so important. And Bob just said that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. And I finally got to that place in my life, you know, 21 years old with people in my life who had led me back toward the Lord. And then I realized, boy, the, the truths of the Bible, he answers every question. Yeah. And he knows us because he created Amen. us. And he knows Amen. this world because he created it. And so the best answers to the deepest and most significant issues in our life will be found in the Bible and through the Holy Spirit revealing truth to us. 
And so if we aim our curiosity there, we're going to come back a winner with the information that we get. And then how do you keep doing that over time? I think it's the reinforcement of seeing his word played out in your life or in your mm-hmm. friend's life or in your family's life. And, yeah. and you know, seeing somebody that you love hurting or somebody that you're counseling or coming alongside hurting and being able to pull a biblical truth out and share it with them and watching what it does in their life. That's what makes me excited to go back to the Bible again yeah. and continue to be curious Amen. is watching how it plays out in the lives of other people. It was just, which Bob, fantastic at memorizing, but if he was just memorizing for the sake of getting smarter, He'd be haughty and prideful at it. He's memorizing all that to know how to apply that in his life and other people's lives and make a difference. And the reinforcement of that that he gets is like, man, I want to memorize some more so I have more ready when somebody comes up hurting and in need. Yeah, that's so good. It reminds me of Hebrews and just even the idea of drifting and how in order to avoid drifting, we just got to take the next step. Like it doesn't have to be a big step, but just continually pressing forward to God as far as just growing closer to him and his word. And that'll prevent us from kind of just giving a hardened heart and just kind of distancing ourselves. So those are really good, good stuff here. So we talked about hardened hearts. Let's talk about shallow hearts. This is number two here. Shallow hearts that do not apply truth and walk it out faithfully. And then the characteristic of good soil is welcoming the word deeply with a desire and pursuit of understanding. So Sean, I'd love to ask you first kind of the difference between these two and then kind of diving in a little deeper of how, how we go about kind of just uh, not having a shallow heart, but instead kind of having a deeper understanding of God's word. Yeah, our, our ranch is in West Texas out near St. Angelo. And uh, this is really applicable out there because the ground is pretty rocky. It's Uh hill country rocky, but there is a a layer of dirt. You start getting, if you keep going toward Lubbock into better soil, and that's why cotton's growing up there. But we're not, we're kind of in the transition area where our ranch is. And so if we plant in that soil, which we try to do, I mean, if it gets just the right amount of water and just the right amount of sun and just the right amount of heat, and we can get that crop to come up. But the conditions have to be perfect because it's just shallow. And that seed doesn't get deep enough. And I love the way Jesus brings that out here. He's like, you know, there are a lot of people uh, who profess faith in Jesus or who at least are interested somewhat in Christianity, um, but it's a shallow interest. It's like, yeah, I want what it what it can do for me, yeah. um, but it's not like I want it to transform my life. It's like, no, no, I want the best of it, but then I'm still going to incorporate whatever the world has for me or whatever fulfillment I need or whatever success is out there. Um, so that depth and that need for depth is what's so important because I mean, the Bible says to hide the word in our heart and scribe it on the tablet of our heart. It's talking about taking the word deep inside us where the enemy can't rip it away, the world can't rip it away, the troubles that come our way. Um, depth is important. That's good. Bob, not to put it all on you, but how do we achieve a lot of that depth? Because I know you are a living example and embodiment of someone who has achieved that depth when it comes to God's word and just the truths that are in it. Well, I think to begin with, the the parable itself is Jesus uh, preparing his disciples for what is coming ahead. And so he describes the seed on the rocky ground in explaining it. He says, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. Well, trouble or persecution is not something that might happen. It's something that is definitely going to happen if you're going to follow Jesus because we're always going to be put in positions, in situations where we have to make choices. And 
oftentimes, if our choice is to follow the Lord, we have to separate or other people will separate from us and trouble and persecution comes because we're going against the grain in following Jesus. We're swimming upstream. We're going against the flow. And Jesus is telling us that. He said, this is what's going to happen. And you need to be ready for that. Yeah. And, to, and to not get discouraged either exactly. when that persecution comes and we follow. I think it's important to remember, I don't know if Peter, who was one of the disciples and the one that Jesus described as the rock, I, I don't know, but I wonder if at some point he reflected on this parable and said, and Jesus said when persecution came, some of us weren't going to have a deep enough faith. And the very first time Jesus, you know, when Jesus faced persecution, Peter's faith didn't stand right. up to it. He right. denied Christ even after Jesus said, you're going to do this. And then sure enough, he did it. Um, so in that case, Peter was a good example of this type of soil His in this situation. And uh, obviously he came back around and, and he got his soil right. And Jesus, you know, renewed him and his, his ministry changed the world. Um, but, but man, we all, we can all fall into any of these Amen. positions at any that time. That is right. And I think you're right, Bob, that that message that he was giving to his disciples and those that were closely following was continue to ask questions, continue to try to let the soil of your heart be, you know, fertilized and watered so that uh, this word can continue to be planted deeper because we're all susceptible. Yeah. That's Amen. so good. That's so good. Okay, so talked about the hardened heart, the shallow heart, and then lastly, the third is the distracted heart here. So these distracted hearts are drawn to the clutters of this world. The characteristic of good soil is welcoming the word exclusively with faithfulness and single-minded devotion. This is a big one. And so I think one thing right away is just the exclusivity. This may seem like a simple question, but but why is it important that the Bible is kind of has an exclusive uh, source of truth for us? Because there's a lot of quote unquote truth out there. And again, we talk about the internet being where a lot is at our disposal. And so uh, I know at least for me personally, I can not only get distracted easily, but I also like to get opinions on a lot of different things and consensus. And so when it comes to the word, why is it so important that we just, so I'd love to, for y'all to speak to that as far as just the significance of it being exclusive as far as our source of truth. Yeah, I think I drive my kids crazy because whenever they tell me anything, my first question to them is, who told you that? Or yeah. where'd you hear that? <laughs> or where'd you read that? Because the source of information is critical. Yeah. And nowadays things pop up on, you know, our phones and, and in our faces that are just, the, you know, this little word of wisdom or this word of advice or this thought for the day. And Nobody knows who's writing those a lot of times yeah. or where they're coming from or what perspective they're coming from. And there are so many things that actually almost like, look like a proverb from the Bible, but get twisted just a little bit and put out there. And that little twist is enough to change it from God's original intent. So for me, it's so important that we stay exclusive to the word of God because the world, the enemy uses the world to distract us and to pull us away from an intimate relationship with our Father, which is ultimately what we're after, because that intimate relationship allows us to produce the fruit that changes other people's lives. Um, but the trappings of this world are real, and they are significant, and our culture is getting pulled more and more toward those things. The, the, the need for self-fulfillment, the love of money, the desire for comfort, um, I mean, we've seen it in the last year, you know, a little bit of discomfort or a little financial instability just freaks us out. Well, like Bob said, 
God told us this is we're going to face some of this stuff. And uh, if we hold to him and his truth exclusively, we don't get so thrown off balance when the world around us doesn't do what we want it to do. Right. Um, The Bible says in Isaiah that all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And when you couple that with what James said, he said, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires. All of us have evil desires in our heart. And an evil desire is simply something that is contrary to what God wants from us. So these desires are natural distractions and the, the more that we have uh, opportunity, the more opportunities we have to feed those distractions, the bigger challenge it is going to be to remain steadfast and follow Jesus. So we really do have to have a strong sense of purpose if we're going to, to be following Jesus with all of the distractions that go on. Nobody is exempt from these distractions because we've all got, we all have desires in our heart that are contrary to what God wants. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's one of the hardest conditions in farming. Back to that farming yeah, analogy yeah. that he was using, that, you know, this one he's talking about the weeds and the thistles and the thorns that grow up around the crop. Because I, I did, we farmed for a few years out there and when the conditions were right and it did rain and the crop started coming, we, I was so excited. And then, but right beside the crop coming up was all the weeds and the thorns. And I'm like, oh, and they're like, now you got to go spend money and you got to get this, uh, these big contraptions and drive them through there. And you got to put this weed killer on there that doesn't kill the crop, but does kill. I mean, it was almost more difficult to get the weeds out um, than if they, you know, if the crop hadn't come up. So it was like, there's so many ways to go wrong when you're farming. And there's so many ways the enemy can help us go wrong. That's right. And, uh, you know, to, to get us excited about something that's going on in the Bible. And, and then next thing you know, he comes along and he tries to distract us with something else. And yeah, being successful in life's a pretty dangerous place to be because he can pick us off from there just as much as he yeah. can pick us off. Amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about how to apply this truth because both of y'all, I mean, it's the whole balance of being in the world, but not of it. And both of y'all have been in the world as far as just loving people around you and just aware of everything going on. So you're not just like in a cave and throwing your phone away. So, so how do we live and just kind of model this, maybe some practical tips that you would have for people on on being, you know, in the workplace and in the classroom and all these different uh, environments, but yet not getting carried away by the clutters and distractions of the world. I think the biggest takeaway for me, probably out of this this parable, rereading it this time and teaching it this time, was was the thought that the farmer, the sower of the seed, was indiscriminate in where he sowed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus was basically teaching his disciples, I think, in that moment, and he's teaching us still today. Look, not it's going. You're going to fail at a higher rate than you succeed, and if your well-being or your sense of self is tied up in how well that person received the word you gave them, or how well they, you know, pursued the Lord after you prayed with them or your conversation, or did healing happen as soon as I, you know, intervened on their behalf, if you're tied up in that, you're going to get off track and discouraged pretty quickly. 
But if you realize, and there's other parables on down in Mark chapter four that basically say, you, you put the seed out there. It's a mystery what happens with that seed and how it ended up growing, but it will grow. And it'll grow to a level that may be bigger than you ever could have imagined, but don't be discouraged. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me from this, this week, this time going through it was, look, I, I don't know what the results are going to be of the seeds I'm throwing out there. And the Bible's clear. I don't know another man's heart. I can't know that's right. which level of soil they're at. But I don't want to be discouraged um, from sowing as much seed as I can, speaking truth and love into people's lives. And I, um, yeah, I don't want to be tied to the result of that either, because that's not my job. That's God's job. The Holy Spirit will do that. My job is just to be faithful to the word he's put in me and sharing it with others. That helps me keep going. That's good. That's good. Bob, would you have anything to add as far as? Well, the uh, the idea that there are different soils I think gives us hope because no matter what kind of soil we are, the land can be cultivated and uh, you can get rid of the rocks. You can cut away the, uh, the bushes that are the uh, distractions and you can also break up the fallow ground. That's what it says in the Old Testament. You, we need to break up that ground. And that comes, uh, there has to be a seed planted because that seed, uh, another parable that Sean made reference to was the mustard seed. Well, even though it's the smallest of all the seeds, yet it grows the largest of garden plants and birds come and it becomes like a tree. Well, all the, going back to the very first thing we talked about, there has to be some curiosity. So if this is, we were talking earlier about Gary Smalley. Gary Smalley created curiosity. He would ask questions too. He was an artful question asker. And he would get people thinking by asking questions. And questions are really powerful. Jesus did that. Not only was he a good storyteller, but he was a master at asking a question that would penetrate to the heart of the issue at hand. And so uh, there's hope for every, everybody. I believe what, what is planted in a person's heart, like Sean said, we don't know who is going to respond, but we do know this, God knows. And God tells us that one plants, another waters, but he gives the increase. So that's what we're, we have to have our confidence and hope in God. Absolutely. That's so good. Sean, you kind of tied up towards the end, just kind of a personal question that we kind of take with us as far as what does the soil or the condition of your heart look like? And so I'd love to kind of give you the last word as people maybe think and meditate on that question this week. What are some things you hope that they kind of remember as they process and, and kind of think deeply about that? Yeah, I hope that they take the time to think about it first and foremost. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, are you willing to pause in a busy schedule and a hectic day with distractions everywhere and to do's and to get done's on your list? Pause and just ask yourself the question, you know, where am I in my receptivity to what God's trying to say to me? Or what would it look like to take this 15 minutes in the car and not turn the radio on and, you know, not uh, try to make a phone call, but instead just have a conversation with the Lord and listen to what he maybe has to say to me. 
we, we've got to create space um, for God to, to speak to us. And, uh, it, you know, that doesn't always have to be reading the Bible. It doesn't have to be. I mean, sometimes it's just intimately asking him, Lord, speak to me or let me know what it is you see or, or, or think about my life and where I am. And so that would be my encouragement is, hey, just start the process by asking God um, for some time and spend it with me. So good. Thank you all both for this great conversation. And we'll see you all next week. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.